Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, a.k.a. Jote Boniac. And it's me, your other host, DM Celeste, a.k.a. Sea Witch. Yes, and today we are going to be inspired once again by another article. Um, this Yay! one, <laughs> they often don't have very exciting <laughs> titles. Dungeons and Dragons, colon. 10 best cantrips in 5e. Wow! You know what? It's direct. <laughs> I know what I'm about to read. Um, I don't know. I, I like your I like your title for this one, actually. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, whoa. Can Trip nice. Me Up will be the exercise. Um, so we will be looking through at cantrips. I still feel like this far into 5e, and I know this is probably more of a me thing, more of a long-time player thing. It's hard to look at cantrips as more than level zero spells because that's how they were yeah. referred to for the longest time. So it's very difficult to like really get that in my brain of like, no, these are really good and they're kind of your staple so that you're not just left out in the cold throwing um, 1d4 slings at people. <laughs> yeah. No, cantrips are are super powerful and I think super unappreciated too. It's It's... Like, whenever I have a warlock in my party, for example, they're always scrambling to do things before they finally decide, like, oh, yes, using my Eldritch Blast cantrip is actually oh, yeah. the best option. And I feel like so many people go through that experience. Like, there's something people don't want to accept about cantrips, but they're great, and they are so, so helpful. I mean, it, in a lot of ways, it ends up being the equivalent of, like, I swing my sword. Mm-hmm. Like, and that and that's the reason they exist is because you every character sometimes you just gotta yeah, do every it. character just gotta swing that sword. every character kind of <laughs> needs a I swing my sword that way it helps play it's just easier you don't feel like you're not contributing but mm-hmm. okay we're gonna jump right in are you ready number yes. ten and I again I have no earthly idea oh wait we should say where oh, this is true. from and who wrote this this is on Game Rant and ooh. This is from Ren Tag Tagwim Tagwim. Oh my! It's Tag Tagwim. Tagwim. I'm sure it's an actual D and D character now. Um, We're sorry, Ren. Yes. <laughs> we said that well, wrong. So number ten, and again, I have no idea if this is an order um, of any kind, but we have. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I looked at number one. I don't yeah. know. Let's pretend that it's okay. an order because it's more fun. I we guess. have Firebolt. <laughs> Yes. I'm surprised this isn't further down the list because this is great. The, I mean, Firebolt or Eldritch Blast are pretty much your two, your go-to, right? The best damage cantrips in the game. They scale great, solid damage. I think that awesome well, choice. I think the range is like for me one of the yeah. 120 feet. Like That's far. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel less scared about dying as the person casting this at 120 feet. And it's your classic yeah. level up one where by 17th level... Instead of 1d10, you're doing 4. Yeah, and then, I mean, fire is also just a great damage type. There aren't as many things that give resistances to fire as there are things like, you know, like poison is pretty much a wash um, <laughs> at, at higher levels or, you know, some other choices. So fire is great. Great choice. Firebolt racks. All right, what's number nine? Number nine is light, which, again, great choice. Because, you know, you really don't need light until you really need light. Like, <laughs> you have the one human in the party and everybody else has dark vision. You just light that sucker up. Uh, 
<laughs> it's all good. Or if you have like an NPC with you or it's just really nice to be able to see. It's just really nice. I like how for some reason ghostly and ominous the wizard is in this picture. Yeah, yeah. The the art piece they put with this is is very strange. Um, but yeah, the wizard's there in the back casting light. <laughs> so, you know, that's what you use it for. Number eight is message. Also a great choice. Oh, this one's a lot also of fun. I feel choice. like this one has a lot more circumstances to be able to use, and especially if you start to have multiple characters that can use it, uh, because basically you can just like almost, I mean, it is telepathically, just shoot a message straight at somebody. Again, that 120 feet, and I did not realize it's a copper wire. Yeah. It's the magical, <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. it's a magical equivalent <laughs> of two cans and a string. Two cans. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and I mean, message is great, especially if you have this for, you know, the like the party leader type or the person who's organizing situations. You know, if you're leading the sting operation and you can like just be messaging people, this is great. Um, Social situations, yeah. like you said, stealth situations. Mm-hmm. Part of it could even be like battle. Battle is too loud. Yeah. Um, I know that that can come up. It doesn't necessarily come up a lot. But if that were a component of your game, then this is another way. What do we have next? Chill touch. Oh boy. Um, chill touch it is uh, it hurts me as a designer because it doesn't do chill or cold damage. It does ne- necromancy. Yeah. And it's it's just it's a very confusing name for the spell, <laughs> but it's still a good spell. <laughs> also, when it hits an undead, the target has disadvantage on attacks against the caster. Yeah. Which I've never seen happen in a game, but I feel like that's cool. Yeah. It's because it's like you summon a little ghost hand so you can like strangle other ghosts, I guess. And that freaks ghosts out. Yeah. So. Oh, man, it seems all around it seems overly complicated, but because also then that creature can't receive healing until the start of their next turn. But also if I chose an undead, potentially they have resistance to the necrotic damage but now they can't heal and they have disadvantage against me. Yeah, there's a lot in here. I usually don't take chill touch because it's also anything where you have to remember something, you know, it puts the onus on the DM to remember that they can't receive healing until the start of the next turn. So this becomes one of those pain in the butt spells where you're managing a bunch of stuff just for a cantrip, which is kind of a bummer. Because I also can't think of any instance... uh, I was going to say third party, and then I was like, is that first party? Who's the second party? Irrelevant. I don't know of anything that also like tracks you, that. You, us. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, someone wa- it's someone watching the game, but not playing. And they're like, here, use Whoa. this. But like, there's no condition for that. Like, that's yeah. how far outside the like reduced healing falls, is that it's yeah. not listed anywhere. It's not a condition tracker. Um, it's literally like a note. Or something you have yeah. that you would put on that creature. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, I'm not... I think there were better cantrip choices that could have gone here, but... Yeah. I get it. I mean, it's flavorful uh, as heck, oh, yeah. which, you know, that's always fun. Okay. I love this one. Ooh. Told the Dead. Uh yes. yes. That one's fun. It's just... This is a good one. I mean, the damage on this is great. If the you know the target has already taken damage, they do take that extra sweet damage. But it is like a one of those save or suck spells, which is yeah. On a failure, 
yeah, they, on the failure, they take damage or they don't, which is always something I don't love because cantrips like this tend to like scale out. You know, the higher level you get, like it, it's basically impossible for most creatures to fail these saving throws. So, especially wisdom saving throws, like. Well, it's been interesting that like the, they don't both go up. Like, okay, so I get yeah. that extra die. I get that extra, like, element to save against. Um, but it is also super cool to flavor it how you want, because that's what I did on a character I have that follows the Raven Queen. So instead of a mm-hmm. bell, it is like these this craw of a raven uh, noise cool. that goes out instead. Again, yeah, this thematic, like, yeah, the dolorous bells of death that ring out. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> it's extremely cool. And if you do manage to hit it, I mean, it's it's sweet damage, you know, as you're scaling up, um, especially after 11th level. Though, you do have so many other choices. I don't know. I go back and forth on this spell. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the same of any of them that require, like, a 14 dex save. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's going to yeah, happen like, pretty well, easily. You're gonna succeed on that. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy, the, number the five. next one. Oh, number five is guidance, which is a great spell for players. Terrible for DMs to just have to sit through everybody guidancing each other. Yeah. <laughs> In venture maidens, I had campaign one. I had two people with guidance, so they just sit there and like high five each other for every. Freaking yep. roll, and it was just obnoxious. Because yeah, it's just like it's like baby bless, right? Yeah, yeah, it's baby bless, like for a single check. So it's basically bless outside of combat, but it's guidance, yeah, guidance, 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 guidance. 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 Yeah, and they just all the time. I yeah, if I got a dollar for every time somebody said I cast guidance, I'd be rich. I'd be rich, Neil. Yeah, I mean, it is weird. <laughs> it is weird because it and. Most scenarios without you, the DM, forcing the issue, there mm-hmm. should just be a static D4 on all ability checks outside of combat. Yeah. I mean, or outside of stress. Because, right. like, okay, yeah, I'm climbing a cliff. Yeah, we're probably not all high-fiving and guidancing. But maybe we are, like, unless, um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, fantastic for players. Total pain. for Total for pain. Um yeah, this is definitely one of those things, like, it just kind of slows everything down. You're like, okay, well, fine. Yay. <laughs> it is a good spell, though. It's a great spell to take for you player characters out there. Yeah, you you jerks. So next up, we have you Minor j- Illusion. <laughs> minor Illusion is very underappreciated, I will say. Okay, touching an object or succeeding in investigation reveals the illusion. Yeah, I feel like to really get everything you want out of Minor Illusion or to really make it the best it can be, you have to have a DM that's willing to play along with it. Because I read an interesting article about Minor Illusion and all the ways you could use it that most people don't think of. So things like, because you can create, you know, a five foot cube. So you could create an area of darkness around yourself or shadow around yourself, right? And like, theoretically, you could maybe get the hide, successfully hide in that or, you know, you can mute sound or, like, make yourself, like, more absent. And that's that was so cool. And I had never thought of using it like that before. But then I, you know, I tried some of these things on the DM I had at that time. And they just didn't really understand the implications of it. So it kind of turned out as a wash. I think of, like, stage magicians. 
Um, you know, obviously yeah. they have a lot that's been set up that the physical props and things to accomplish what they're they're trying to. But like this is that version, like you said, inside a five foot cube. Like there's yeah. also some lost in the idea of like that's twenty five square feet and then it's yeah. five foot high. Like every F, there's F, a lot. Yeah, there's, yeah. Or like even, you know, if you're trying to persuade someone to, you know, go to your side and you play like, you know, some tune that reminds them of their child or, or smell or something. And it's like, wait, what was that? And they're like, you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear it. You yeah. know, those little things you could do to, I think, like subtly enhance ability checks. I think this spell has a lot more potential. Yeah. Than than it's given credit for. And it lasts up to a minute. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like it. That's good stuff. Well done. Yeah. Okay. What do we well have? done. Good pick. Yep. Uh, oh, three. Mind Sliver. Mm-hmm. So this is actually, I remember when this cantrip first came out. I think it was it was in Xanathar's or something. No, it wasn't Xanathar's. It was something after that. But it came out and I was like, oh my God, yes, finally. Uh, an enchantment cantrip that bards can take that deals damage. Yes. To your mind. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, so 1d6 psychic damage, which is neat. But the best thing is that they get a negative 1d4 penalty on their next saving throw before the end of the caster's next turn, which is perfect for setting up, especially for classes like bards, where most of their spells are save-based. They require the enemy to make a saving throw. So this is like a great way to do a minor bane if you have you know something getting set up for next turn. Well, and you also have to... I mean, it brings it up in the article, but not many things are resistant or immune to psychic. Yeah, psychic is good. Unless you're fighting, like, aberrations, you're you're probably going to be pretty good with psychic damage. Yeah, I mean, which is you're, nice. you're, you still have an intelligence save. I mean, so you're back into that, um, but... But also, intelligence is a really great save because most creatures have stacked wisdom and stacked dexterity. Uh-huh. Or, uh, yeah, or strength, I would say it's probably third. Or, yeah. yeah, so this is great. You know, intelligence is that is usually the dump stat. So this is awesome. Indeed. And it was from Tasha's. Ah, from Tasha's. Yeah. I think they they had like a a playtest version of it out. Yep. I think when yeah, they first the did the psionics. Yeah. And then they, yeah, UA. And then, and then it came out in Tasha's. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Number two. I agree. It's wonderful. It's Mage Hand. It's Mage Hand. Yeah. I mean... What, what what can we say about it? Yeah, you can open doors that may be trapped. You can push stuff. You can passive aggressively knock over water like cats. Yeah. Like what else do you? <laughs> you get, I mean, I've seen yeah it, the manipulate an object thing always becomes an interesting DM fiat as to like what does that mean? What are we going to allow? Yeah. Can I use my thieves tools from a distance? Can I not? Can I push this lever? Can I? You know, do this, do that. What? Yeah. I mean, short of like, obviously, I can't hurt someone. Is about like the only real line drawn yeah. in that sand. I think my only my only beef with Matrand is that players never read the you carry a weight of more than ten pounds. They are constantly trying to get away with picking oh, things yeah. that weigh more than ten pounds. Which I don't know if it's because they're not reading it or it's just you know how how far can we get away with this <laughs> constantly? I'm gonna try. I'm going to try. Everybody's always trying to pick people up. (laughs) And, you know. Oh, boy. Here we are. Number one. I can't say I thought I was going to see it here. 
Yeah. What is it? Shape water. Why? Hmm. <laughs> I have never seen shape water used in a campaign in 16 years of DMing. I'm just going to say right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if I have. No. I can't imagine. No. I even had like a elemental monk who was constantly trying to do avatar stuff and never use this. So I don't really know. Yeah. So with shape water, it says here, casters can do a lot with just an area of water within 30 feet. That fits a five foot cube. I uh, can change the flow or even move the target water. Yep. You can create shapes with the water. You can make the water frozen or animated. I mean, I don't really, I guess maybe if like water was falling on you or something, but I don't, yeah. I mean, yeah, if there was like a river and like I was, I was the character that was just like, boom, I made an ice bridge. Man, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet, but this can't, with this can't. But also like, how often do you have water-based encounters and campaigns? I feel like that's so situational that. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing like a seafaring adventure or an underwater adventure, sure, maybe, but. Like, you don't have an unlimited amount of cantrips to take. Like, that's the other problem. Is yeah. I have to, like, decide a very few, like, very few of them are, that I will then have and hold. Yeah. And I feel like when they're saying, like, oh, you could shape water to make signals, it's like, well, take minor illusion. There you go. <laughs> that does that too. <laughs> you know? Um,. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't really know. I guess maybe, like, the the one tricky thing I can think of is maybe if you were underwater and then you were drowning and you created, like, you pushed water out of a five-foot cube so you could breathe. Right? That's, like, my one no. tricky, I think, use yeah. of it that I can imagine. Just hide, just permanently hide underwater. Like yeah. Little, well, I guess not permanently. Because you would run you know, out of water. I just needed to, like, walk across the bottom of something or you know get to the surface you could put like a bubble of air around yourself or push the water out that's like my one clever thing i can see myself using well with that i think we've done it we've (laughs) you can you cannot trip us up in hindsight Um, but i mean i think it was was, ah, it was a good list (laughs) i i mean definitely take more i mean at the end of it what it ends up being is take more time to look at the cantrips i mean both from a dm yeah. and a player perspective because there's a lot that i can i can say without a doubt for myself or just about anybody there's more there than you're thinking i mean and that is yes absolutely of those spells yeah to get creative with them yeah and i will recommend take one good damage cantrip take one good one and then take one you know useful thing that lets you interact with the world like Minor Illusion or Mage Hand. Do at least those two things and you'll probably be stoked about your cantrips. But if you liked what you heard, go to your Apple podcast, your podcatcher of choice. Um, leave us a review. And as always, if you want to pay some serious gym dues, go find someone. Tell, tell them straight to their face about the podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah, tell them they can can come listen to our cantrip episode. I'm sorry. I tried. It didn't work. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, if you want to yell at me for that horrible pun, um, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics or me personally at cconowich or neil at jotemoniac. And for everything else on the network, be sure to visit blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And as always, a huge thank you to the bards over on Bombarded. Over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about them at bombardedcast.com. But let's head to the post workout cooldown and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. I feel like it's been a little while since we've done the light bulb. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's often mm-hmm. hard to just find new random things. It's like, hey, buy this for your table. Um, yeah. I Especially, I think, now in these these strange times we're in where we're playing less in person. And yeah. sometimes, yeah, it's just, it's just a little bit harder to think about objects, you know, that we want to use. Because, like, for me, like, I got a brand new DM screen. And I kind of, that was literally my first thought was like, oh, huh. How do I, when am I gonna make sure that use I this? use this? Because it's amazing, and I'd yeah. really like other people to see it. Um, right. But if I needed to carry that DM screen, I wonder I wonder what I could use. <laughs> what could you use? Yay! Yeah, so I, I bought myself a treat <laughs> recently. Um, so this happened when, because I went to PAX Unplugged this year, and I saw my good friend Ted of Nerd Immersion walking around with this super cool backpack. It was like blue and orange and had all these like retro stickers on it and like little bungee cords shaped like a d20 and i was like ted what is this backpack how can i get it he's like oh well heroes and villains just launched this really cool it's called the DD ready to roll backpack and it is a backpack that is made for for dms for players like for anyone who is preparing to go to a DD session it specifically has a bunch of features and like pockets and stuff for like holding all of the stuff you would need to bring to a DD game like the front pouch of this thing you unzip it and it has these little uh slots you can put in there so if you want to have like minis uh it, it can convert into like a mini storage thing or like hold decks of cards um and then it has a rolling tray like a foldable roll tray built into the backpack so you can snap it out uh, and then boom you have somewhere to like roll your dice on uh, and it's got all of these different pockets so it's got like padded pockets so you can put your books into the back of it without worrying about the corners being damaged it's got a ton of space it's got all these cool yeah like dandy patches on it it's got space for like two water bottles it's got like a sheet cover thing so you can cover your backpack to protect it from the rain okay i was books inside side note, of it. i was really trying to figure out what the heck that thing was because i was like yeah so this? it's a rain poncho yeah, that comes backpack. with the for the backpack. So just, oh I mean, gosh. the backpack's already really sturdy, but like for that extra protection, if you're walking through soaking rain and you don't want to get your PHP damaged. Uh, I was um, so confused. This backpack I was so confused. is so cool. Was, oh my God. What, what did you think it was? I was like, I don't know. Did, did, did this thing come with a... It's like a poncho. Oh, I was like, it's a poncho for your backpack. I was like, did it come with a sleeping bag? Is this an extra bag so I can <laughs> buy more things when I'm at the convention? Which it totally could be, but I super did not understand yeah, what it was. Yeah. No. 
know. So it's so cool. So I bought myself one of these and I love it. It even has like a little sleeve in the the very back on the inside where you could put like a laptop yep. or an iPad or something. So if you are running, you know, something digitally, there's plenty of space for it. Like I I freaking love this backpack. <laughs> yeah, and it, it feels like so I have like a pretty go to like nerd backpack in the mm-hmm. sense that more of like tech nerd backpack where it's got side pouches for everything and so that's the one i've always yeah. kind of used and lean towards um when i do these things but like this one is just like it serves no other purpose yeah it is made for your dnd stuff which is just and i have been i think we many of us have been that friend who's like you know, when your players is like, oh, you know, let's do D&D at my house this weekend. And then you're like, oh, God. Yeah. And, you know, bringing all the books you need uh-huh. and all these character sheets and all your notes and everything. It can be a real pain in the butt. So I also like that there are two giant cup holder, like bottle holders on the side. Oh, okay. So you can do like wine bottles. <laughs> in each there side. we go. So there you go. You show up ready to party every time. Well, I love it. We'll have a link in the show notes. Certainly. I mean, it's. It's definitely 130 bucks. I mean, yeah, it's an expensive backpack, but it's also uh honestly, I'm going to use this for a lot more than just D&D stuff because it does feel like a really high quality bag, yeah. which is well, just And that is the benefit of, of an item like that is like it's going to last. It could be the kind of thing, you know, you throw out there for the Christmas, the birthday, or just yeah. tell your players, "Get it together, I need this bag." Um things like that. Yeah, I I threw away my last backpack after 10 years. I used that backpack for everything in my life and I just had to get rid of that because I got a hole and I got this one and I really anticipate using this for the next 10 years at the very well, least. There we go. Hopefully, hopefully, oh yeah, hopefully one of these backpacks, one of these D&D ready to roll backpacks from none other than Heroes and Villains. I like saying like copy because it, like they don't know we're doing this. They have no they, idea. Well, this is, we're not sponsored. So it's more fun to say it like that as if it were, but yeah, they have, they'll have no idea. Um, But yeah, check out the show notes and maybe one of these could be yours. So with that, we'll turn out the lights, head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforms.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even live?